In my years as a musician and music fan, I've witnessed many performances and I've participated in many performances. I have no idea what the actual numbers are, but I've probably seen a thousand shows and I've probably played in a thousand shows. Somewhere in all this witnessing and participating, I began to notice the various ways that the relationship between audience member and performer breaks down and fails. I would bet that most of you out there have seen audience members talking over a band, or bands that play so loud that the audience members can't hear themselves, or you've probably seen bands playing to empty rooms, or to rooms full of people who are ignoring them. To help fight against these kinds of failures, I think audiences and musicians should adhere to a few basic rules. And in some cases, rules already exist. For example, most people don't horse around or talk real loud at a classical music concert. And they usually don't sing along or dance to the music either. Instead, people usually just sit silently and observe the performance. Now, unlike a classical music concert, a pop music concert is a completely different animal with a completely different performance ethic. These kind of shows are designed for audience participation. Singing along and dancing are encouraged. So is drinking and socializing and carrying on with friends. But sometimes carrying on with friends turns into shouting and roughhousing and titanic eruptions of uproarious laughter. If you and your group of friends are making wild and boisterous and totally unrestrained verbal ejaculations while in close proximity to performing musicians, then you are almost certainly inconveniencing and annoying these musicians. The musicians are, after all, trying to control the acoustic space that's now being filled with your shouting and over-the-top belly laughter. Dealing with loud audiences is one of the most difficult aspects of playing live music. Now bear in mind, I'm not talking about the normal hanging out with friends chit-chat that does and should go on at live shows. I'm talking about things like people shouting conversation to each other while mere feet from the band, or bumping into me or my gear while I'm playing, or coming up and trying to talk to me, or more often yell something to me while I'm in the middle of singing a song or playing a guitar solo. I can't tell you how many conversations I've had to rebuff with a wide-eyed gaze that said, You've got to be kidding me. You must see that I'm busy, right? But here's the thing about inappropriately timed requests and shouting, is that those kinds of audience infractions are so common that they don't even really phase me anymore. What does phase me is when the audience begins to boil and churn with drunken energy. Often such an audience will crowd into the same area that's been allotted to the band and begin to challenge my physical space. I worked a few New Year's Eve shows that basically spiraled into bedlam. Fights, people falling into the gear, people savagely bumping into the mic stand. It's really frightening to watch a drunk audience descend into chaos, while your teeth are mere inches from a microphone, which is a rather large and heavy metal object. These kind of environments aren't conducive to making music or to listening to it. I could be wrong here, 
but we can probably scratch fighting and falling over and yelling off the list of things to do at a musical performance. Happily, out-of-control, drunken audiences are rather rare, and most of the time the main problem for musicians is having to deal with a crowd that is challenging the audible space. In these situations, musicians have two choices, basically. Start an arms race with the audience members, an arms race of volume, that is, or just cede audible control to the general cacophony of the room. In my opinion, it's best not to start an arms race. Things just get too loud that way. If people want to talk and hang out, let them talk and hang out. Don't try to blow them down with your volume, because if they can't hear themselves in conversation, then they will begin to talk louder, which will make you play louder, which will make them talk even louder, which will make you turn up even more, which will make them get up and leave the room. I've seen it go down like that many times. A volume arms race isn't good for the bar, and it's not good for the band, and it's not fun for the audience, so just don't do it. Despite my tendency not to fight a noisy audience, I'm pretty critical of the people that make up such an audience. Despite all the bad behavior I've witnessed from audiences, I want to emphasize that musicians are often guilty of their own bad behaviors. This includes playing too loud, which is the worst thing a performer can do, in my opinion, and it includes misunderstanding the performance dynamics of the room, which is to say, are you giving a performance or are you background music? The sad truth is, not all shows are shows. Sometimes the musicians are just wallpaper, and that's okay. There's no shame in that kind of performance. They're actually really common. People like soft music playing in the background while they're drinking or socializing. This includes things like cocktail hours and corporate events. No matter what kind of gig you're playing, it's your job as a musician to know what kind of gig you're playing. Is it a hey look at me kind of performance? Or are you just background music? You have to know. And it's wise not to be confused here. If the audience begins to take notice of you, then you can start to lean into your performance and deliver something like a showcase. But it's not your job to force such a performance upon an unwilling audience. Your most important responsibility as a performer is to be gracious and courteous to the crowd. This is usually done by playing your music at a reasonable volume, choosing your repertoire wisely, and catering to the needs of any particular audience. Do they want to hear oldies? Do they want to hear 70s rock? Do they want to hear your original music? Do they want you to turn down? Do they want to dance? Out of these considerations, perhaps the most important is to not be too loud. I can't tell you how many times I've heard complaints from people at bars, clubs, and restaurants that the music was just too loud, and they couldn't enjoy themselves. If most people are there to hang out and talk to their friends, and you're playing at ear-shattering levels, then they're just going to leave, and you'll be upsetting the primary business arrangement you have with the bar owner, which is to keep people at the bar buying alcohol. Some shows are meant to be cranked up loud but many are not. It's a huge courtesy to your audience if you make an effort to know which one is which. Also, while we're on the topic of volume, 
Here's a simple truth about the drum set. By and large, this instrument is too loud to be used in the typical bar or restaurant. Although there exists a select few drummers who can play at a modest volume with brushes or with a light touch, these kind of drummers are rare. Most play with apocalyptic volume. In my opinion, drummers should start using electronic drum sets when they're gigging. Something like the Roland V-Drum system, which is approximately as loud as an acoustic guitar when it's not plugged in. So it's perfect for bars and restaurants. But my experience with drummers tells me that they hate playing electronic drum sets. In any case, drummers and all performing musicians should operate in a way that satisfies the listeners. Loud volume rarely satisfies. Neither does self-indulgent odysseys of extravagant soloing or over-the-top and histrionic singing. And it should go without saying that jam bands commit so many sins in this department that FEMA should ping your smartphone when such a band is in the area so as to warn you about the dangers of an impending extended guitar solo. In any case, I think what would help here is if we define as clearly as possible the duties of audience members and performers. Okay, a performer provides an audible service complemented by a visual spectacle. They are to cater to the needs of the audience and not play too loud. Audience members provide the ambience of attention required to label an event a performance. They are to be considerate of the performers and to cede control of the audible space. Okay, a few loose ends on this topic before I conclude today's podcast. One is the preparedness of the musicians. The players in the band simply have to know the chord progression, the melody, the rhythm, and the arrangement. And there can't be any confusion between your version of things and your bandmates. Does every member of the band honestly know the material? If the band I'm seeing is missing chords or playing wrong melodies or mishandling arrangements, then I'm just going to leave. There are too many fantastic performers out there for me to waste my time listening to inept or lazy ones. Okay, last point I'll make here is that musicians should be considerate and courteous to the sound people. This means arriving to the gig early, participating in a sound check, and complying with the sound guy's volume and EQ adjustments. Don't turn up just because he turns you down. Just like an arms race can be waged with an audience, one can be waged between you and the sound guy. My advice is the same for both situations. Just don't engage. Find a way to work with less volume. You can handle it. Okay, that's all I have for today.